Welcome to Yingcast, our podcast for current and future leaders wanting to develop themselves further. Every month, the Alembic team discuss and share their thoughts on issues and topics that are common in the workplace. So today on the podcast, we have Rosanna, David, I'm Alice, and we have our new recruit, Ben, with us, which is very exciting. Hello. First podcast. Very exciting. And he is um, a trainee strategy facilitator. So you'll probably hear him on um, later podcasts as well. We are in the final episode of our team psychology series. Um, It's a tool that we use a lot and it was created by Tuckman in 1965. And it's just um, going through the motions of what a new um, newly formed team um, will follow. So we've done uh, an episode on forming, one on storming, one on norming, and then the final stage, which we're going to talk about today, is high performing. Guys, we've made it. We've made it. Hurrah! <laughs> um, so, how do we know that we've reached high performance? Well, we were talking, weren't we, about reflecting on our own experiences, I guess, in the vein of Yingcast, and we were talking about our recent trip to Wales and how when we're all coming together, we're all making our different ways there. Um, and we all sort of had different experiences of our journey. What was that experience like? What was it like when we arrived? Did people arrive in a difficult frame of mind? Was it stressful? Was it not? Was it easy to find? I, I don't think it was easy for anyone to find. But we all had like different ways of getting there. Um, and I guess then how do you then arrive, settle yourself, and then have like a good constructive team meal, which we had. There was a bit of, uh, bit of not commotion, but um, there was a bit of bluster, I suppose, when we first arrived, wasn't there, after, after going to uh, Waitrose to get yeah. supplies. Have you brought a takeaway? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So we instantly let the team down and failed at high performance. But uh... <laughs> I think yes. it's important though to think about the fact that that was maybe a lack of communication and so um, if we had communicated early and you knew that that was the goal really was to get the food and the, and the takeaway maybe um, it would have gone slightly differently but um, there was sort of this expectation that there was going to be this food brought back but actually no one told you that so it was, a, it was a, a, a minor assumption and then a misalignment of communication, which it, it, imagine if it had been a project requirement that somebody in one team thought that another team had covered, then you've got slightly more significant implications. Yeah, I guess when we were thinking about examples of high performance before we were recording this, we were thinking about well on one hand it's you perform when you're relaxed and you're not thinking about it too much but then the yang of that is actually when there's a problem to solve oh we now need to go and get a takeaway actually we need to work out how we're going to do that and so the actually how we all then problem solve and just you know who's doing who's going to do what and it's a bit like you know following the instructions because we we got told that the postcode doesn't take you to the location so you're trying to work out and different ways of doing things and ways of like following it and it's just really interesting like how that like um, you know following instruction working out the best way and like mm. and our journey was pretty 
I mean, it was challenging to get there. Yeah. I think it may be because it was primed as you're going to find this difficult yeah. to find. So you're like, oh, okay, I'm in the mindset of this is going to be difficult to find rather than this is going to be great. Yeah. Interested to see how you both found the offsite. I found it fantastic because obviously I'd only just started two days prior. So I, I found it an excellent way of getting to know people a lot better and getting more familiar with everyone else in the team. So I feel a lot more comfortable around you guys now than I would have done had we not had the offside. It was really, it was great for me. Um, really obviously enjoyed the, the, the experience of being um, away with the team doing things that are sort of outside of the, the normal scope of work. Uh, and blending that with the team building experience was was you can't substitute that for anything it's the only way i think you can do it which is to, to be removed from the normal working day yeah in a in a environment which is relaxed yet with some purpose so even despite our purpose being to get closer do some work and actually carry out uh, a walk, get from A to B, uh, with the walk having some uh, activities along the way. Uh, it's shared experience, isn't it? Yeah, and I think so. just having time together, um, it just helps you feel more comfortable with each other and trust each other more, and that'll come over time, right? So as we work together more, um, but I think it is about having that shared experience. Mm. Yeah, it's really valuable, and like that feels good, and there's a sense of accomplishment because we went on a walk, and that was satisfying. Um, so I, th I think it's about just that proximity, and I think you know, do teams, you know, do working teams in a work environment, do they spend enough time outside of the work or the problem or the project, just spending time not talking about work? And I guess that's the yin point there performing in relaxation where you're not thinking about it too much and actually just getting to know you know your kids names and where you went to school and what's your favorite thing to cook on a Friday night you know those sorts of things it's that more connectivity bonding that's a really good point there's there's it's not necessarily appropriate to have conversations in the same way when sat in the office during the normal working day because it's almost intrusive into people's lives when they're buried in an Excel spreadsheet or whatever it is they're doing to start talking about your favourite dish. Whereas when you're wandering along a path in Wales, yeah. it's actually fine to talk about anything. There's no old bar. Yeah. So that's a really that's a really good opportunity to get to know people. Might be worth us um, actually mentioning the uh, the other numerous new terms that we took as a result of um, map learning um, learning that some of us didn't know how to read maps <laughs> i think the point about that is you can still be in high performance when things go wrong and actually the ability to learn that you've gone the wrong way pretty quickly and that be okay and check in that that's all okay and then go and find the right path and do that quickly i think in high performance you still make mistakes i think things still go wrong it's your ability to adapt and change quickly which we did I think going back again to sort of making mistakes, 
you were talking before about how um, trauma or sort of emergency situations can sometimes sort of force us into that high performance, almost that fight or flight. And I think, David, you had an example of when you were at an event and something went wrong, but you worked through it into high performance. Yes, um, there was a there was a particular event I was doing in um, America and we arrived rather fatigued on a Sunday uh, evening to set up a stand for an event that was due to start on the Monday. And um, it turned out that we had graphics for the stand and the stand components themselves. And um, we discovered after some hours that the attempt after attempting to fit the graphics to the stand that they were completely incompatible and it was a yeah. Sunday night <laughs> so we had um, quite a bit of um, trauma there in kind of firstly understanding the predicament that we were in and then attempting to rectify it so we had to phone suppliers on a Sunday evening which in itself in, in another country when you're tired yeah. after a long flight is hard work and then Luckily, we managed to arrange for replacement stand parts to come first thing in the morning. So that was a, an early start, really early start. And then everybody came together as a team. Everyone kind of almost ex instinctively just slotting in where help was needed and carrying out whatever task was necessary to get the thing up and running before people started to show up. And of course, when you put an awful lot of energy money getting people in there setting up all the invitations and arranging to see people it, it was it was everything amounted in that moment as a as a sort of a an activity spike but the way that the team came together it, it, we went from really low point up to a high performing point and probably we were better for it actually on the stand by the time it all came together and i think we were actually able afterwards to sort of look back and with, there were numerous conversations around it. I mean, it's obviously a conversation starter. And does it feel like a high-performing team whilst you were sort of working that problem through, or was it on reflection, like the euphoria of actually somehow, however we did it, making it work? Was it during, or was it a reflection after? Yeah, I think it's a reflection. If I'm honest, whilst we were doing it, we all knew we were doing it, but there was literally no time. To, to 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 stop and think it was all hands on deck getting things done and to be fair unless we'd have done that unless we were able to do that we'd have failed we'd have been putting up our stand when people were walking around which is not way to open on the first day of it. i guess it's interesting then to think about whether that's true of most instances of high performance how aware are we when we are in high performance? And, or is it something that we go, wow, that was actually on reflection, something really cool? Or, um, you know, how well, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that, but um, it seems like where there's a trauma, actually the focus of just problem solving is the drive, is the goal, is the what unites us. We don't really reflect on it until after. And then it's like, yeah, that was really good. So how can we, bring that reflection into the moment whilst you are high performing and then can you then make it sustainable does it always have to include uh, something going wrong to then be able to no, do it i think it's i think it's situational i think it's a really good point because 
if you've got a problem to fix, when it's fixed, you've done, and you know whether you've performed well or not in rectifying the problem. Because it's a sense of achievement. Exactly, right. yeah. But in everyday life, when people are just functioning together as a unit in the office and you're working towards sales or whatever it is, a particular project, a presentation, whatever it might be, you're working towards a date maybe, but it's not necessarily the, the same level of urgency. So you're not recognizing the fact that you're performing as a, as a team in, 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 with any sort of synchronization. Um, and I don't know how many businesses that I've come across actually take the time to reflect on performance in the moment during the average working day. Do, 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 do people actually kind of step back, you know, take a, an external lens and look at individuals working in harmony and say, well, actually, you know, that could be tightened up. That's going well. Yeah, I think it's unconscious. I don't mm. think it's conscious. No. Um, I was thinking about um, the rowing team selection oh. mm. and so it, it's it's likely in rowing that the four people that get selected for the boat a are not the four fastest people in training on the on the rowing machine and the reason for that is not about my skill set my capability to row really fast it's about the combination of when those four people get in the boat together they go faster because of, um, yes, technical things like weight and balance and rhythm of straight, but it's more unconscious than that. It's about I'm willing to work harder for these three people than another three people who mm. technically are faster. And, you know, you don't consciously think I'm working harder for this person. Mm. And that's why we're in, that's why it, it's unconscious. Um, but I think rowing, rowing, rowing test, you know, you go into a boat and they'll do every single combination and they'll test that. And so most of the time it's not the four fastest people in the boat. No. It's, the, it's their connection, it's their sense of identity. And that's all purpose, intangible. It? It's not measurable. It's just mm. on the day, this is what's going to unite us. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for rising to the moment, you know, if it's a challenge or something like that, particularly in sport or, you know, it could be equating to business. It's when, uh, when, when you get a group of people who know that they've got to get X done, we need to do it in such and such time with these constraints, and all of a sudden that, that, that harmony that they can produce in the moment. Believe in trust, doesn't it, mm. really? Mm. I believe in the people around me that they're going to mm. play their role even if that's a fundamentally different role to me, I believe and trust that person to do what they have to do, and I just need to focus on what I've got to be. But that trust that other people are going to rock up and do deliver the best that they can do is self-fulfilling. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, you've sort of highlighted another thing that's really important, potentially in high-performing teams, in that everyone knows what their role is, because yeah. it's so easy for something to get dropped or missed and just focus on right what's my role here and just getting on with that yeah so that it's like say so that when you oh we didn't know we were meant to get the takeaway it's like the yeah. clarity of who's getting the takeaway guys <laughs> it's really important <laughs> um i think coming on to sort of our final point that we were talking about um leaders and authority figures and how they can influence high performing teams so when we're, re we're reading our um book how emotions are made. Children mimic 
their parents or adults that are around, so authority figures, people they look up to, and how they copy the language, and how it might be the same um, within teams or within organisations. So um, if you're a leader just thinking about, um, are you creating that environment for people to allow teams to be high performing? Um, do they know what high performing is and do they know how to get there and do you help them and provide them with that environment and opportunity? Yeah, it's a good, really good point. I think um, leading by example is, um, is something that you'll see, a characteristic that you'll see in all great leaders. Um, you say setting the bar at a certain level so that it gives uh, those in you know, perhaps lower tiers an aspirational position to, to aim for. And you'll often find that um, there's, a, there's a form of mimicking which takes place in both in terms of body language and verbal language that can occur when you've got somebody who's really, you know, smashing it. They've, they, they tend to kind of um, portray characteristics which are kind of almost ad admirable, uh, which gives, gives those people something to sort of aim for and shoot for. Mm. Yeah, it's just reflecting on all the things that come out of my mouth that sound like, oh, I think that's what Nick says. <laughs> <laughs> Nickisms. So Hash definitely there is that um, hashtag. hashtagging Nickism. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> hey, crikey. Yeah. There'll be a lot. Um, but it's, I think, I think we do copy behaviours, but I think that's helpful because when you're, I mean, maybe the other, like, sign of high performance is about mind reading and really that's because you're sort of along the same path and you're thinking in the same way mm -hmm. so it's to the point about spending time together but it's also about i guess that sort of mimicking each other's behaviors means that you sort of perhaps sort of just get there quicker mm -hmm. um i do think we have an individual role there i don't think it's just a leader's responsibility to say mm -hmm. to to have a to run a high performing team i think it's everybody in the team's responsibility to sort of flag when things are dropping mm. or notice when they're high, when you're in high performance. So mm. I think it's easy to like look to the leader and go, um, "This isn't working." Yeah. Oh, what's? How can we make this better? Mm. But I, I think that if you're in the team, that's part of your responsibility. It's a shared responsibility to notice and reflect and think about the way that we could all change, not just other people, right? So I might have to change to make this team work better. I might have to step into my comfort zone. I might have to do something that I don't want to do. Mm. Um, so I think I think leadership is really important, but I think sometimes perhaps there's too much of a focus on that position of mm. driving a team to get the high performance. But that, isn't that where a leader will have identified where those different skill sets are, where the strengths are within that team, and not only nurture them so that they grow and flourish, but actually utilise them to their best um, abilities. I think you definitely need that coordinating thread, though. Mm, so, yeah. yes, there's expertise here, there's expertise there. And I think part of a good to high performing team is actually having that coordinator to sort of link it all together yeah. and you were talking about a pitch um mm. where you previously worked and it was like somebody would do that slide and another person with different expertise would do the next yeah. slide mm. but are we thinking about how how the slides connect and what's 
the flow. The flow and the consistency of language and all those sorts of things, which is if you look at things in isolation, you can all be excellent. This is the rowing point, isn't it? You can all be excellent and have mm. the expertise, but if there's no commonality or thread or understanding, it doesn't make sense and it won't work in isolation. It's like the one plus one equals three. Mm. And that's the sort of, you want that. What is that? It's just the beauty of when things are working and people mm. come together and you get something better more than the sum of its parts. You've just conjured an image of an orchestra in my mind where you've got all these different amazing sounds that all kind of take place in, di in, in, in isolation, great, but then bring them all together yes. and then put a conductor in front of them to join them all up and then all of a sudden you've got a wholly different thing. Harmony and timing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, so to summarise then, um, we've spoken about the uh, final stage of Tuckman's um, team psychology tool, which is high performing. So we've touched on measuring high performance. How do we know we're there? Have we had experience of that? And we've also talked about um, communication, the importance of communication in a high performing team clear roles, um, the role of a leader um, in a high performing team and working together towards um, a common goal. I guess the final thing to say is as this is the final young class of the year, um, wishing you a very happy Christmas and New Year um, and we'll see you in January with our first young class of the year. Thank you for listening to this episode of young cast. We hope you enjoyed it. To get the heads up on future podcasts, you can sign up to our mailing list through our website, alembicstrategy.com, in the Get Involved section. If you enjoyed this, then you might also be interested in our other events. You can sign up to our newsletter for updates on our latest events and articles. Also, look out for Strategy Cafe, our regular leadership webinar, where Nick, our MD, interviews prominent leaders.